The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast on the Nick and Roy channel. Brought to you in part by BPC. It's the best Portuguese chicken in the Toronto area. BPC. Slinging chickens since 2010. And by DeMarlo Salon and Spa of Naples. Hair, nails, massage and skin care for more than 15 years at the Naples location. What did the U.S. government do during Prohibition that will shock your conscience? When you're first falling in love, you know that the butterfly feeling you have, it's all wonderful. Well, the French have a different take on it. And I'll tell you more. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And we go out of our way to scour the internet for crazy, useless information. And you really don't need. We're really glad that you've joined us for season two for more totally useless information that's out there. So join us. Let's hold hands as we discover more useless information on totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know by listening once a week. You get smarter than you think. The Totally Useless Information Podcast, hosted by Nick and Roy. Well, hey, hello Nick. there. And, yes. Do you think you could play the other one for them now? <laughs> Which other one? Which one? The one we just did before that one. Good. Can't play for them. We're glad that you've joined us for season two as we discover more totally useless information that you sent us with TUI Podcast at Outlook.com. And we find from here and there because you know there's lots of useless information. Totally useless <laughs> information. This is why we don't add lists. You think by season two we'd have that? <laughs> Okay, all right, all right. I know. Look, I, look. no one said that I was perfect. Believe me, lots of people have told me you're not perfect. So, you know. I, I said that to you before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I believed you. Well, welcome once again to the Totally Useless Information Podcast. And we have not one but two useless people running the show. But you know what's really useful? It's all about sex. We dimmed the lights down low. We lit some incense. We lit a couple of candles. You a tree hugging hippie? No, 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 no. And then the lawyers came along and said, listen, you can do the sex topic. You can do, you know, useless sex facts. You can't get too graphic and you have to play this. The following segment of the Totally Useless Information Podcast may be too sultry and too sexy for some listeners. To the rest of you, please keep your hands where we can see them. Nick and Roy are not responsible for any monkey business as a result of this segment. Just so that you know, Roy and I are 1,500 miles apart, so we have no worries whatsoever. 
sounds like when you ride a roller roller coaster and they go, "We need to see your hands." <laughs> yes, so hands where I can see them. All right, I'm going to give you my teaser right off the top. Experiencing butterflies associated with falling in love. You know that feeling, those butterflies in your stomach. In France, it, it means something totally different. It's papillon d'amour, which refers to public lice. No, wait a minute. It refers to pubic lice. <laughs> I read that wrong. So, uh, yeah. Uh huh. So the butterflies that you associate, meaning like true love and you're falling in love, is that wonderful feeling. But in France, the translated the translation of papillon d'amour refers to pubic lice. What? Why do the French do this? Damn it! They ruin it for me all the time. I love French fries, though. I love. Fries. <laughs> and like we said, not curly fries. Go on, you were saying. <laughs> okay, adult men and women rarely engage in one act of sex, and that means positions. Mm -hmm. In fact, when asked a group of people, they narrowed it down to 40 combinations. Now, they did not list the combinations. I'm intrigued. What the hell are 40 combinations? <laughs> I thought I was pretty good, and I can only think of like 25. <laughs> 25 after three, I need a nap. According to... Even, think, even <laughs> thinking about them, you need a nap. Thinking. You want me to... What? According to, according to a University of Toronto study in 2014, kissing and cuddling and affectionate talk after sex might be just as important as the actual sex in terms of contributing to relationship satisfaction. So, when your significant other insists on cuddling after, according to this study, it will help improve your relationship. <laughs> now, I'm going to go someplace that's going to shock people. Masturbating in front of your partner is less popular than going solo. Now, 49% of men seem to think so. Okay, I got to ask this question. 49%, that means 51% think it's fun. To pleasure themselves, you mean. In front of their partner. Right. To we pleasure have a place themselves. down here in Florida called Master Bait and Tackle. <laughs> yes. People stop from all over to take pictures by the sign. I'm sorry I didn't take you there. You would have probably got a kick out of that. And yeah, you I would have probably asked your wife to take a picture, so you're one of the 51%. <laughs> I would have been hooked. 43% of golfers would trade sex for the perfect swing. What? 43% of golfers would trade sex for the perfect golf swing. See, that's why they got to start playing tennis because we got all kinds of things in there like love. Love. <laughs> unless, of course, unless you're one of the golfers who's also a swinger. <laughs> Better swing. Yeah, that's what they're talking about, probably those sick bastard golfers chasing that little white ball around in short pants. What the hell are they wearing spiked shoes for? What the what kind of physical activity are they doing that they need cleats on? I mean, I can see you playing football and running around like an idiot. 
You're crashing into each other. What the right. hell do they do? So they don't fall when they get out of the cart? I'm sorry. So clearly, so clearly one of the sponsors will not be a golf course here on this totally useless information podcast. Right, I'm sorry. I just it got me a little upset. So now let me get back on track. It is yes. illegal, illegal to buy a sex toy in the state of Alabama. Oh. Yes. In fact, the state of Alabama is the only state left in the United States, 49 other states, it is legal to buy sex toys. But Alabama does not allow sex toys. So Alabama is formally known as the state of frustrated women. <laughs> Couldn't even get that one out. <laughs> no. Apparently they can't either. <laughs> The word pornographic comes from the Greek. The meaning, Greek? What, what does that mean? <laughs> the, no, no. Is this, a back, saying, come, is this a backwards joke? <laughs> oh, no, not at all. I'm reading the fact. The word pornographic comes from the Greek. Quote, the writing of prostitutes. It's the writing. Like, dear diary, today I had a graphic, great. Graphic meaning graphic meaning printing. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. That was a brand new segment. We call say Oh yeah. On the totally useless information podcast, we recorded that when we were visiting down in Florida. It was a lot, a lot of fun. And uh yeah. So we we write and and produce and uh, perform our own jingles. Just sick twisted deviants. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm hungry. Hey, everybody, come and get it, your weekly sweet and savory facts with your five-star Michelin chefs of totally useless information, Nick and Roy. Come and get it! Clearly, she's from Alabama. You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Here's something. So up here in Canada... We have milk, of course, and we have milk that's sold in cartons. We have milk that's sold in plastic jugs. But we also have milk that's sold in plastic bags. Eh? By the 1960s, consumers slowly began to shift away from glass-bottled milk in favor of jugs and cartons. That's because delivering milk in glass bottles was inefficient and expensive. Plus, bottles were difficult to transport without breaking. In 1967, DuPont introduced plastic bags that could be injected with milk. Its popularity in Canada would skyrocket in 1970 because of Canada's conversion from imperial to the metric system. So it was easier to put milk in plastic bags or easier to sort them out. I think anybody over the age of like 55 can remember getting milk delivered to the house in that little metal box that was insulated. And you'd yeah. go get the milk, and you'd take this little foil top wrapper off, and it would have cream on the top. That was when milk was really milk. I mean, it was, like, so thick on the top. And, and it would leave that milk mustache because the bottle, the, the top of the bottle is so round. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> cool. I wish that everybody could taste that because it was so... It was just a different taste than the milk we get now. The cream always rises to the top. I thought that was cool, but you know what really is cool? Cucumbers. Cucumbers are cool. The temperature of a cucumber is cool, but they also have a calming quality, and this is why, ladies, 
Cut the cucumber. It's a perfect circle. And place it over your eyes. Yes, over your eyes. So that you can't see your husband and what he's doing. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was from the sex section. No, okay. Put the cucumber on your eyes. It has a calming quality. It will relieve mm -hmm. the bags under your, under your eyes. And it's also very relaxing for you to lay back, take two seconds, and cover your eyes. Cool as a cucumber. That's like an expression. Bird saliva is an expensive delicacy. Where? In China. Where else? Forget caviar and expensive truffles. Bird's saliva is the food of the well-heeled. In China, bird's nest soup is an expensive delicacy. I'll have a bowl of bird's nest soup, please. It's made from... saliva. No, no, no. This is not a side of saliva. This is the soup. It's a rare bird's nest created from the saliva of small swiftlets. The nests, which have been used in Chinese cooking for over four centuries, so it's been around a while, are dissolved in water to make a soup which is believed to have exquisite flavor and to be beneficial to your health. These bird nests are considered to be one of the most expensive animal food products consumed by humans. Well, I want China to be on notice that if there's a few more of these, you're going to be right there with the French. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the kitchen is now closed. Join us next time on the Totally Useless Information Podcast for more sweet and savory morsels of useless food information. See you real soon. You can reach us on the Totally Useless Information Podcast at tuipodcast.outlook.com. We thank each and every one of you for sending us all of your comments and your suggestions and for supporting us. We're now in season two. Isn't that cool? Folks, this started off as me and Nick having a crazy idea, and now we have thousands of listeners all over the world. Let's go back in time. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. What happens tomorrow is history. There's another shot, Anderson, right in. He scores! Anderson! What happens the day after that is history. A swing and a belt. Left field, way back. Blue Jays win it. I guess every day is uh, history. Yeah. Totally useless information podcast. And yes, that talent that you just heard is none other than Roy. Forks used to be seen as sacrilege. Forks were banned when they were first introduced in the 11th century in Italy. Folks alarmed religious leaders who said that using artificial hands was an offense to God. Mm -hmm. Plus. Forks resembled the pitchfork of the devil. That's true. And why the hell do we need forks when we have perfectly good hands? <laughs> the Sullivan Act, it's a very famous act, banned mm -hmm. women from smoking. It actually made it illegal for women to smoke. And they would get fined $5 for smoking in public. And then they could be imprisoned if they were repeat offenders. Being that nicotine is so addictive, there would have been probably a lot of women in jail for smoking. But really, honestly, that's called the Sullivan Act. And, of course, it was taken off 
the books later on when they realized they make a lot of money off selling cigarettes to women. <laughs> That's right. What was it? Uh, Virginia Slims, we've come a long way, baby, was their expression. Yeah, and they used, it used to say that smoking, it used to say, take a break, it'll calm you down. <laughs> That's I offensive. am relaxed. That's offensive to women as well. Why? <laughs> women, women aren't calm? <laughs> Sorry, honey. So, <laughs> so we all know how uh, we all have fingerprints. And at the scene of a crime, fingerprints are often used to identify the uh, perpetrators, those who committed the crime. Well, there are two convicted felons who are responsible for the invention of fingerprint identification. Will West was a criminal arrested in 1903 and sentenced to serve his penalty in prison in Leavenworth, Kansas. Right after he was sent to jail, the authorities discovered there was already a man named William West residing in the same prison. So not only were the names the same, but the two felons also looked nearly identical, although they were not related, nor did they ever meet. This caused the prison authorities, with some problems, of course, and their correct identification, and they were worried that the same could happen elsewhere. So, driven by the need for a more accurate method of identification, they were using fingerprints to identify one inmate from another. Wow. Do you remember the episode where we spoke about in Australia because koala bears have almost identical fingerprints to human beings that yes. they could actually use koala bear fingerprints to distinguish koala bears? Pretty cool. There you go. Pretty cool. Well, I'm going to tell you my teaser now. Okay. What did the U.S. government do during Prohibition that would just disgust you? And I'll tell you what they did, and it's shocking. Okay, It was getting out of hand. They weren't able to stop the illegal liquor from flowing, no pun intended. So mm -hmm. what they did was they said, let's get the barrels of liquor and poison it and put it out into the public and tell people, don't drink liquor because there could be poison in it. Well, by the end of Prohibition, it is thought that they had killed more than 10,000 people died from the poisoning in the liquor. But statistics yes. say that drunk driving went down a lot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, you drive a Jeep, don't you? I certainly love my Jeep. How about you? So do I. Now, the Jeep came from the Army, but it wasn't always called a Jeep because it was shortened to GP for general purpose vehicle. And the car company that just started to manufacture the general purposes vehicles under the name Jeep, because when you say general purpose vehicle is just too much of a mouthful. And so they decided to change it to Jeep, GP, Jeep. Okay. I got another fact about Jeeps that's going to freak you out because you own one. And I bet yes. you don't know this. When you look right. at the front of your Jeep, you see the grill. Every Jeep has a different grill, but they all have one thing in common. There are seven designs of whatever it is. So if it's a circle, there's seven circles. If it's a, on, in your car, you have like a venting looking thing, but there's seven of them. Yeah, that's right. Seven of them. Yeah, yeah, okay. The reason it's there for seven of them is because the Jeep has been in seven continents. So every Jeep will always have seven of those markings in the front of the vents of the, to vent the radiator. That's amazing. We all have drank Captain Morgan at one point yes. of our lives. In fact, uh, one time I drank way too much of it. But Captain Morgan was a true person, but he wasn't a captain. In fact, 
He was a private. His name was Henry. Private Henry Morgan. <laughs> but <laughs> after the war, he was an Englishman, and he was in the Navy, and he was a private in the Navy. And he ended up in Jamaica after the wars and got hooked up making rum. And he called himself Captain Morgan because he was a lying bastard. <laughs> That's right. He was a private, which means yeah. he didn't want anyone else to know. I guess every day is a history. Yeah. Totally useless information, <laughs> information podcast. Yeah. Yeah. How many Jack Daniels did you have after recording that one? I don't, I don't really don't like Captain Morgan, but Jack Daniels, and I just got two new bourbons because mm -hmm. bourbon's hot. Small batch bourbons are really hot right now. But we'll talk about yeah. that on another show, and we'll probably talk about it like this: small batch bourbons. <laughs> hey, look what I found here! I found this bag. Let me open it. What's in the mailbag today? Who sent a letter anyway? What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? On the Totally Useless Information Podcast, TUIPodcast at Outlook.com is how you can reach us. So, Roy, what's in your mailbag? Well, I have Harry from Florida. And Harry must have listened to our uh, Christmas show. Mm -hmm. And he had a question for us. Being that um, he's in Canada and you're in Florida, because he probably forgot our names. He said he and you. But anyway, right. <laughs> but being Harry, that it's Harry's not. Hold on, Harry's not in Canada. I'm in Canada. You're in Florida. Right, and you're not Harry at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. But anyway, Harry from Florida, uh, Southwest Florida to be exact, um, said, "Do you guys see each other?" Because we speak and we laugh and we have like this kind of rapport, even though we know each other for so long, it's easy. But we do actually see each other. I can see Nick right now as I'm speaking. He has his Behringer headphones. Again, Behringer, if you want to be a sponsor. No, no. But Nick has his headphones on. I have my headphones on. We always do it in the same spot. He's got a little painting behind him. I have a painting behind him. That's right. We're, we're, we're lovers of art. I'm dying to turn that damn light switch off behind your head. <laughs> right now, now you don't see me. <laughs> it's totally dark. Okay, so that yes, we do see each other, and and we that that helps with the rapport a lot. So thanks for asking, uh, yeah. Harry. We also use a program called Adobe Connect. Mm. Yes, Adobe, you can also be a sponsor. Adobe Connect using Behringer equipment. Oh yeah. So here's my mailbag. Uh, this is Doug from Atlanta. Dear Nick and Roy, at least he remembered our names. Oh, yeah. I love your podcast. I listen every Thursday when you release a new episode. That's right. For those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome and thank you. Uh, it took you two seasons to get to us, but that's okay. We release a new episode every Thursday. And so Doug listens every Thursday when we release one. I'm trying to get my wife to listen because she's usually in a grumpy mood. How can I convince her to listen to your podcast to lift her spirits well doug i looked it up your wife is actually suffering from something it's called chirophobia it's an aversion to happiness or the fear of happiness it is an attitude in which individuals may deliberately avoid experiences that invoke positive emotions or happiness i hate that <laughs> <laughs> so my suggested doug is to listen to the podcast 
while the both of you are in the car, she will eventually get us and change her mood. No guarantees, but Doug, give it a try and let us know how it works out. So your wife is actually suffering from something. So please be sympathetic. It's cheerophobia. It's the and fear Doug, of happiness. Doug, I, I think I can help you out even further. Uh, I mm -hmm. think you need to fill up a bathtub. Uh, you mm -hmm. and your wife need to strip naked, get in the bathtub. You don't have to even listen to the show. I'm sure she's sure going to be so happy just laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're helping you out. Thanks a lot, Doug. Really appreciate it. So that was. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? As you heard at the beginning of the podcast, we have a couple of sponsors and we want to talk about them because they have been with us. All this time, we really, really appreciate their support because they believe in totally useless information and they believe in us. So here's what we want you to do. We want you to go to, in the Toronto area, BPC Chicken, the best Portuguese chicken, and it's not just in their name. They serve hundreds of chickens a day. They yeah. cater. They yeah. deliver. It is amazing. It's just totally amazing. They have family specials two days out of the week. Everything is homemade. There's, there are no processed foods at all on the premises. Everything is made, and they are proud to what they, of what they serve. Best Portuguese chicken. They're located in Toronto at 942 The Queensway, and they do deliver, like I said, and their catering menu is amazing. Folks, I had the chicken. It's just unbelievable chicken. You have to try it. You have to taste it, and you will definitely be emailing us because it is that good, and I definitely want one of these custard tarts because he keeps talking about it, and now I'm really mad because I want one, and I'm diabetic, and I'm still going to eat it. Well, come to the Toronto area. It's 942 The Queensway. Give them a call, 416-255-7177. Check out their website, bestpc.ca. That's www.bestpc.ca. The best Portuguese chicken. They even have vegan and vegetarian options as well. Give them a call, 416-255-7177. BPC, slinging chicken since 2010. Yeah, get some BPC chicken. So we've covered animals topics and uh, food topics and history and now sex. And we have many other categories that are coming up. But one of the most popular, one of the most popular segments that we do is all about science. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. Nothing is science. 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 On the Totally Useless Information Podcast, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And I got one, Nick, that is just freaky as hell. Uh, the, the, um, in Pompeii, the city of Pompeii, they found bathrooms. Now, we all know that the Italians had plumbing and they had bathrooms. But mm -hmm. most of the bathrooms were on the second floor of the dwelling. Ooh. So these people not only had plumbing, they had it on the second floor as well. So if they felt like, I guess, urinating, they had pipes that would run through down to the street level. And so it probably just plopped right out into the street, but who the hell knows? <laughs> At least got it out of plopped. the house. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Yes. <laughs> the eruption of the volcano was in 79 AD. 
So they had bathrooms on the second floor before 79 AD. Thought that was very interesting. It was. And then after the uh, the volcano erupted, the bathroom would then was on the first floor. Exactly. And and was backed up. <laughs> That's right. Thus, <laughs> thus Rotoruda. <laughs> we we give all kinds of totally useless crap, right? So do we write up your rally? So Rotoruder, contact us, TUI Podcast at Outlook.com. Okay. The size of your social circle is related to the size of your brain. A scientist in Oxford discovered that the size of a person's brain, like the prefrontal cortex of your brain, that identifies other people's moods and personalities, can predict the size of that person's social circle. So the average prefrontal cortex averages out to be 147.8 friends in a social network. So they measure the size of the brain, and then they measure your social circle. So the average size of your brain, on average, people have 147.8 friends in their social network. Women's breast milk has over 700 species of bacteria in it. Uh, We can't breathe and swallow at the same time. This is because food and fluids we swallow and the air we breathe in both travel down the same part of your throat. You heard the expression going down the wrong pipe, you know, when you choke on something. Mm -hmm. Well, when foreign material like food or drink enters your windpipe, the trachea, it's known as aspiration. Normally, a well-coordinated muscle interaction of your lower throat propels the food into your food pipe, your esophagus, and protects your airwaves. He's doing it again. He's doing it again, folks. The big words. Your vocal cords help keep your airways closed off from food or drink. It's an automatic process, but sometimes something slips through the wrong way, especially when you're distracted. So, yes, it can actually go down the wrong pipe. So it's pretty amazing, our bodies, how it works. Big words and all. Comes out the same pipe in the end. <laughs> Literally, yes, in the end. I, I thought this was a really cool one. And I didn't know whether this should go in science or history, so I put it in science. But after Pope Formius died, Formus, Formus, Formua, Formus, Pope, we got to figure out what the hell his name is. Pope, we'll call him Pope F. Pope F. Yo, Pope Formus. Well, he died in 896 A.D., but his successor, okay, okay, he was pissed at the Pope, and he had him dressed up in his popery outfit. Popery. (laughs) (laughs) He smelled great. (laughs) And put in all his popery. No, he had him robed and everything, and then they propped him up so he could stand. He's dead now. And face charges against him in a trial. Now, my question is, what was the... If he was found guilty, what were they going to do? Put him to death? <laughs> He's already dead. <laughs> They'll bring him back to life. Exactly. exactly. Now, that would have been great. <laughs> it would have been awesome. Oh, Jesus. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> do you like chewing on ice? Do you like chew, chewing ice? I actually don't because I get the brain freeze. If you love to chew on ice, you might have a deficiency in iron. If you like crunching ice after you finish your soda, you might be suffering from anemia. It's known as pagophagia. A compulsive eating of ice may not just be a nervous tick, 
but a way of cooling inflammation in the mouth caused by the lack of iron, according to the Mayo Clinic. So if you like chomping down on those ice cubes, get yourself a doctor, stat. Or basically, it could be anything that an Eskimo eats, you know, pretty much. I mean, because everything they eat. Listen, I got one more. I got one more. Yes. King Richard the Lionheart is still around. Now, that oh. is technically a play on words. But when he died, they cut out his heart and put it in a box. So till this day, they have the heart of King Richard the Lionhearted. And his heart is in a box. It is actually almost dust at this point. But it is yes. King Richard's heart. And it is still around. That's amazing science. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. On the Totally Useless Information podcast. Okay, so folks, it's that time of the show where we have to shamelessly plug our sponsors. And for some shows, it's tough because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. But let me tell you something. EPC Chicken's awesome. I can tell you that. But I can also tell you DeMarlo Salon and Spa in Naples, Florida is the place to go massage skin care hair nails they do it all they'll change your look they'll change your cut they'll change your hair color you won't recognize yourself you'll look that good and i've seen it they're amazing when nick was down uh with his wife for the holidays they had the great opportunity to go over to tomorrow salon and spa and experience it for themselves am i telling the truth nick 100%. I have testimonial. They were absolutely friendly. They were wonderful. We felt really comfortable. Our feet looked and smelled amazing. And the massage was so relaxing. We just uh, walked out of there like we literally floating on air. And I honestly wish that we had more time because we were sh cut short for time. We were running around doing all kinds of stuff. But DeMarlo Salon and Spa could have done Elaine's hair. I mean, you have to go into this place. The staff is so great. They're so professional. Even when they wash your hair, it's amazing. DeMarlo Salon and Spa on the corner of Vanderbilt Beach Road and Collier Boulevard. That's Vanderbilt Beach Road and Collier Boulevard in Naples, Florida. Their phone number is 239-793-2020-793-2020. You can look them up on the web at www.demarlosalon.com. Go to DeMarlo Salon and Spa. Well, that's all the time that we have for this episode, Season 2 of Totally Useless Information Podcast. And like we promise, every week we will have more for you next time. So in the meantime, don't just tell a friend. We always say tell a friend about the trend, but we're not. We're saying share this on Facebook with a friend because... We are getting listeners from all over the world, and we are super psyched. So tell a friend about the trend. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>